Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Letting all the people know that I'm back to run the show. <laughs> but the more you let them know, maybe the less likely it is that you'll run the show. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Continue the conversation we were having just now with Dave Rothenberg and Rick DiPietro with Keyshawn Johnson here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Key, we asked if Joe judging something is becoming a thing. Not just in the NFL. We're talking about all across all walks of life. Like there was a movie, Kingpin, where a guy Munson screwed up so bad that to pull a Munson became a phrase. Well, judging yourself's already a thing, but is Joe judging yourself a thing? Is it a thing key where a guy who has some job security talks and talks and talks, and with every passing word, he has a little less job security? The reason we're asking that about Mike McCarthy is he Joe judging himself is because Michael Irvin, Cowboys legend, Hall of Famer, champion, said this on 105.3 The Fan yesterday. Our stars didn't show up. We had no shot. Whenever you got disorder, dysfunction. We can't have our stars putting up role player numbers like 31 yards rushing, one catch for 21 yards, 69 passer rated, and then have our role players putting up numbers like Schultz and Wilson. That's a disorder. Trying to make our role player stars, our stars role players, that's the disorder, and the team dysfunction. Key, is, is he Joe judging himself, Mike McCarthy? The more he talks about his team is nervous and this and that, and he has to take stuff back, the more tenuous his position? No, I don't think so, because his, his job is security. He already talked to the head coach. I mean, he talked to the owner. He talked to the owner before he had the, the, the little bit of a presser. Um, so he knew that he was safe. When you when you Joe judge yourself, it's it's like over the course of the season, the starting of the season, as it starts to dwindle down and you're starting to just talk and say things, that's when you get yourself in the Joe Judge's situation. Think about it as Giant fans, from the beginning though, he's always he was always saying something. And it just kept going and going and going and going and going and going and going to the point where it was like, Well, wait a minute, man, y'all just lost. What you why are you picking on the, the Washington football team? They You don't have nothing to do with that. Why are you picking on that team? Mike McCarthy's not doing that. And then what the playmaker was talking about, Michael Irvin, he is correct. But that does that fall? Well, it does fall on Mike McCarthy because he's a head coach. He should recognize and realize that the stars are not starring. And he should do something about it. He should grab the offensive coordinator by the collar and tell him, if you don't get the damn ball to Ezekiel Elliott and you don't get the damn ball to C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper, I'm going to fire your ass. That's what he should be able to do. I've seen it done by coaches before. So that is on him. But he's not going anywhere right now. So, you know, that's just what it is. Yeah, I'm not saying Mike McCarthy is Joe judging himself yet. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how things pan out this offseason and next year. But for the most part, Key, we don't really hear – I heard more from Jerry Jones than I heard from Mike McCarthy this year, right? So, I, I didn't really hear from John Mara, Steve Tisch. Like, 
I heard from Joe Judge a lot that Bill Belichick type of mindset for a team that didn't really follow him. So, but there are certain things when obviously you lead the NFL in penalties, when your team doesn't seem to pay attention to the details for all the things that Key just elaborated. Uh, it feels like it could trend in that direction, but then they can also have a chance to win a Super Bowl next year. And at least we're talking about the Cowboys making it to the playoffs, having a chance, even though they came up short, to win a Super Bowl where the Giants didn't even come close to making it to the playoffs. Look, it, you know I'm what I mean, saying, I just yeah, want some I'm respect not, to Mike McCarthy's name to a degree. I'm not saying he ain't going to get fired after next season, but this whole offseason, look, we, we can put aside that he's going to be terminated in the next couple of weeks because Dan Quinn might get hired and at the same time, uh, Jerry Jones is sick and tired of him talking and he wants the floor. We could just put that aside. Cause Dan, one thing that I could probably one thing I could for surely say is that a head coach isn't from a coaching fraternity standpoint, isn't going to take another head coach's job. With, because he was offered another job in that head coach in that staff that he was on, he wants that job because he doesn't want to leave and the other coach is in position, so he's going to backstab him and push him out. That doesn't sit well in the National Football League. Ready for this? This just in, according to our own Jordan Renan, who just reported this minutes ago, Key J. The New York football Giants should have a new general manager on Friday. Mm. And uh, Next Friday. Next Friday. Or is Friday as in today? Sounds like today. To Coming me. up. Sounds like today to me. Well, why did he say today is on Friday. Friday? Today is Friday. So today it doesn't Friday. mean next Friday? Not even, not even, it's not business hours yet. <laughs> you know? Well. <clears throat> no, I think it means today. It's down to three candidates, Key. Bill's assistant GM, Joe Shane, and we've, we've, we've uh, talked about him a bit recently, and I still can't pronounce his name. You got it. Chief Executive Director of Player Personnel, Ryan Poles, and 49ers assistant GM, Adam Peters. Do you have any thoughts about any of those guys, Key? Well, here's what I, here's what I would say. Our Dan uh, Graziano was on with us earlier, and he said that the Giants, any day, any minute now, the Giants could potentially have that in play. Um, it's interesting. Here, here's an interesting one for you, right, Buttercups? The 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 Joe Shane, Brian Dable connection, Mitch Trubisky backup push Daniel Jones. It's a good one, right? And what's the gentleman name from Kansas City? Did you say Kansas City, Max? Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah. What did you? What's his name? Player what's personnel. His name? Oh, player. Per- that's not his name. No, no, no. Brian I'm saying uh, I'm, I forgot his. Uh, I forget the name <laughs> offhand. It's uh, wake up, Max. Ryan Poles. <laughs> Ryan Poles. Eric Bieniemy connection could be headed to the Giant Land as well. Got to pay attention to that sort of stuff, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't love the idea of bringing in Mitch Trubisky to push Daniel Jones and all that stuff. Like, I'm not interested in finding out about either one of those guys. I don't think either one's going to be a great quarterback. Don't want either one. But. I hear you. I do like the idea of the guy who built the the Bills, right, who are a powerhouse. I like the idea of grabbing that guy. That dude knows how to build the team, Jay. I mean, especially with – I mean, look, we focus on the quarterback position. 
whoever you bring in, if you're able to get a guy like a Russell Wilson, I mean, that's to be said. But if there is a chance that you have to play with Daniel Jones next year, could a guy like Brian Dable, understanding what he's been able to do in the growth process of Josh Allen, how beneficial would that be to see if you could get the most out of Daniel Jones if you're stuck with him for one more you know, year? You know what, I bet you, I bet you, though, Jay and Max, mm-hmm. if Brian Dable is the coordinator, I mean the, the head coach of the Giants, Mitch Trubisky is coming with him. I bet you that. I, yeah. I bet any amount on that. I, I, th- that what make, makes me nervous is what Jay just said. I think you're right, Jay. I think they would probably get the best out of Daniel Jones, which is just good enough to be dangerous. So you ain't going to win a Super Bowl, but you might be good enough to get tricked into keeping him as your, as your quarterback and maybe even paying him. That makes me nervous because mm. I don't see Josh Allen talent there. I don't say, like, he has a nice arm. It ain't Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, but think about this one too, though, Jay. I mean, uh, Max, mm-hmm. Adam Peters, the assistant general manager of the 49ers, bringing Jimmy G with him to yep. New York. That could work for a little bit. Yep. You like Jimmy G, huh? What, what is it you like, a scruffy beard or eyes? Which one? The main thing, Key, is I just noticed whenever he plays, he wins. Man, he wins a lot of games, so that's not an I, accident. I like, I like him too, though. Yeah. He, a lot of people don't like him. I like him. He makes quick reads. He gets rid of the ball, and he's pretty. Mm-hmm. And, he, and like, well, he throws interceptions. Ah, he's pretty, he. Like, they all throw interceptions. Right, right. He, he, like here and there, but actually, I think he's pretty accurate. Gets rid of the ball fast and, and reads it quick. You know, like the, the main thing for a quarterback, if his arm is good enough, is how how fast do you make good decisions? I think he makes good decisions pretty quick. Let the plotting begin for the New York Giants. So Key mentioned Ryan Pohl's connection to the Chiefs. So speaking of the Chiefs, get back to the NFL playoffs. And they're huge matchups. Matchup. Just one matchup. It's so good it should be called. It should be, I should pluralize it. I might. I, this is the best game on the slate. Chiefs-Bills Sunday. Everybody wants to make this big deal about the AFC Championship rematch, but it's a new year. This team's different than last year. Their team's different than last year. We're expecting a battle. And we know that it's going to be another fight for us if we want to try to move on to the AFC Championship game this year. So this is the second time the Chiefs and Bills are meeting this season. As great as the Bills have looked, recently especially, because they had some ups and downs, most teams do throughout the course of the year, but they're intrinsically, as I mentioned, a good team. Coach, quarterback, everything. Um, hard to beat a team twice, let alone at Arrowhead, let alone this Chiefs team at Arrowhead. The Bills won in KC earlier in this season. They met in the last year in the AFC Championship game. Now, the Chiefs won that one, right? And the whole thing, and the Bills could have won that game. And, guys, the whole thing in the offseason is the Bills' mission in the offseason is, is tinker until you think you have a team that can get over the Chiefs. And then earlier in the season, they beat the Chiefs. So people are like, okay, this, it's this budding rivalry. But listen to what Josh Allen has to say about that. I don't know if rivalry, rivalry is the right word, but they are the uh, the mecca of what the AFC or of the AFC, and that's that's the team that everybody wants to aspire to be, to be in three AFC championships in a row and be in two uh, two Super Bowls in a row. So um, that's the type of level that we want to be. And in order to, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And um, they've really been, you know, one of the if not the best team in the last four years. And uh, you know, again, we've got a, a, a good opportunity here, um, and we're excited for it. And, uh, as as I sure they are as well. You know the interesting thing about what Josh Allen is saying and what he said is these are two different teams from a year ago. No, 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 they're the same teams. The coaches are the same. 
the quarterbacks are the same. The key players on both teams are the same. Yes, you brought in and drafted guys and brought in a, a, a couple role-type players, but these teams are the same. And, in fact, I look at the regular season more so than I do the AFC matchup a year ago. You know, I don't believe, and I don't know this off the top of my head, but I, 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 I kind of know it. I don't believe Chris Jones played in that first game and neither did Ingram on the defensive side of the ball for the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you talk about a dominant player like Chris Jones being added to this particular game along with Ingram, they're adding something that wasn't there the first time around. The Kansas City Chiefs are a much better football team because Patrick Mahomes is not turning the football over at a rapid rate. He had two he threw the football 54 times the last time they saw each other and he had two interceptions. I don't envision him throwing the football 54 times nor do I envision him turning the ball over two times. Key, I, I get it that there is a sense because the Buffalo Bills have been deemed as the little brother that to them this game will be a rivalry. But the Bills haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1994. This ain't no damn rivalry. Not yet. Okay, not yet. It may feel like it's trending in that direction, but I'm not going to call this – game a rivalry you know, because the way the Chiefs have dominated. It's a one-sided rivalry, but I can tell you there have been others like it. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox, which was for decades and decades the greatest rivalry in team sports. The Yankees and Red Sox well, yeah, both was one-sided. Win. No, for, for decades and decades it was one-sided. The Yankees always won. It's like going to the, to the, to the butcher and rooting for the for the meat over the the, the blade, right? Like the, like the Yankees always beat them in the end until until one day, a tragic day in human history for sure. The Red Sox in '04 got by them and won the World Series. And there comes a turning point sometimes in these rivalries where little brothers come up in the world and is able to overcome big brother after enough bites at the apple especially a certain iteration of a team. Like, forget about the entire rivalry. In 03, the Red Sox pushed them to extra innings of Game 7, right? And then they beat them the next year. Here we see the Bills pushing the Chiefs last year, beating them in the regular season, tinkering a little bit. Like, then the first thing you have to do if you're the Bills, guys, is beat the Pats. That's the bully of the division. They won the division last year. They won it this year. But the Pats had beaten them, humiliated them in a weird weather game. Not only yeah, did the a, Bills, but that's a, it's a weird weather okay, game with Mac Jones throwing the ball three times. We were, kid, you know cl- what I mean? We were clowning them on the air. The, then the then the Bills beat them handily in the rematch and stomped them out. So they're riding this momentum. They're cresting. They just beat one rival. They're on their way to another rival. This feels to me, Key. I'm picking the Chiefs because I think the Chiefs can raise their game, but I think they're going to have to. But it feels to me like there's a real threat here from the Bills that's different. Yeah, yeah there's, there's certainly a threat. But there's a threat every time you get to the divisional round every single year with teams. It's, there's a threat. That's why these, these teams are in the playoffs in the divisional round. Uh, Buffalo's a really good football team. And they have a really good quarterback and really good defense. But so is Kansas City. And when you look at it, I understand what Vegas says and the odds makers and call it a picket game. and I, I get that. But when you have a team at home like Kansas City that ultimately has home field advantage in most of the games they do play in Arrowhead, that 
for me, tips the scale. Mm-hmm. And when you are playing better than you did the first time around when you saw them, and you're not turning the football over, and you're getting Chris Jones, and you're getting players and things of that nature. You got to think about it. Daniel Sorensen was starting when they played. Daniel Sorensen ain't seeing the field like that now. Okay? They picked him. I was like, that dude right there, man, go get that dude. Go on him. Throw the ball at him. That's not the case anymore. So they've changed completely what they were doing the first time around to what they're doing now. In Buffalo, yeah, they beat up on – New England, like I said before, is was New England really the number two defense? Or did we just look at the numbers and go, oh, they're really the number two defense? They're top five, I'd say. I mean, it's a good defense. Were they really a top five defense? Yeah, though? I think so. I think so. I think they were, that's what they were hanging their hat on. Yeah, but when you look at it. Not the after the Buffalo that, game, they were in top five. You, you, but, you, you know. look at the teams that they faced offensively mm-hmm. and the challenges that those teams had up against them. You got to look at everything, right? Did they play against high octane offenses that dominated? I'll they say played this, against. A, they played against Jameis Winston early in 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 um, Foxborough, and they lost that game. And Jameis Winston didn't have a great statistical game. And then Dallas Cowboys coming back off injury, Dak Prescott. I mean, so when you start to look at it, they didn't play against high octane offense. I'll say this. Uh, after all is said and done, your point about teams making adjustments after a loss differently than when they win, the fact that the Bills beat them at Arrowhead already in a weird way makes it feel like it's harder for the Bills to win. Had they lost that game close, I think I'd be a little more confident in the Bills. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. The news is just flying in this morning. I want to get to some breaking news right now from the NBA. There was internally a lot more discussion, a lot more urgent discussion about whether or not they wanted to make a change. I don't feel like I'm under siege. Uh, it's not hard to do my job. I, you know, I'm very focused on the task at hand. I've always been that way. So, breaking news from the NBA this morning. Lakers star Russell Westbrook told our very own Adrian Wojnarowski, ESPN's very own Woj, that... He, Russell, did not agree with his fourth quarter benching in Wednesday's loss to the Pacers, but remains undeterred, undeterred, he will not be deterred as to how to, quote, figure stuff out and do what's best for our team to win in the long run. I want to be able to be on the floor to help my teammates be able to help our team win in games like that, but that was a decision that was made, Westbrook said. He added, ultimately, you have to be okay when Mm. blank doesn't work well and I'm okay. Westbrook told the ESPN, I've done everything that's been asked of me here, and I'll continue to do so and ride this out as long as we can toward our ultimate goal, and that's to win a championship. But, in fact, he got benched. I like, I love, Westbrook's my favorite player, but he got benched because he didn't do what was asked. He, he was not playing defense in a very specific way that they asked him to, and Vogel yanked him, Jay. Sometimes, guys, there are so many incredible sports stories, and we're on the verge of the divisional playoffs, right? Divisional round. Um, that you lose sight of some of these smaller chess moves that are sometimes happening. And I have to give it credit, Key, because the amount of moxie it takes to do this and his precarious situation, I think, speaks volumes about how you get players' attention, right? So we all love Russ. We all know what kind of energy Russell Westbrook brings to the table 
night in, night out, what kind of intensity he plays with. But think about this from Frank Vogel's perspective, a guy who's on the hot seat. You know, there were breaking news that came out the other day from The Athletic uh, about they were wondering it's a game-by-game basis for Frank Vogel. And now you're going up against the Pacers, and you're losing. And you have your star player, a guy that can help you in this game, and you say, you know what, you're not buying in to what I'm selling. And 15 months ago, damn it, I won a world, I won an NBA championship. We did it on a defensive end. So what I'm willing to do to make you hear me, Russell, is I'm going to bench you. I'm going to make it hurt to a degree because I know I need you. You know we need you. And we're going to – not saying we're playing and losing this game, but I'm going to take my chance. I'm going to roll the dice. And what that does, I think it gets a guy like Russell Westbrook's attention where Russ is then calling Woe saying, you know what, I'm here. And I always believe Russ wanted to be this way, Key. He was always going to be there. He's always going to fight. But hopefully now you can say, you know what, Russ, I need you to do things differently than the way you have done them your 14 years that you have played. I know offensively you're going to attack, but I need certain things from you defensively. To lead. There's no reason why Russell Westbrook shouldn't be one of the best perimeter defenders for the Lakers. He's fast as hell. He's athletic as hell. His lateral movement is off the charts. You just need him to start leading in that direction. Long arms, whatever you need. Yeah. You're calling him out. And now you're hoping that a player of his caliber can answer the bell mm. to help. Why, why do we call it a benching, Jay, opposed to looking to make a defensive adjustment? Why do we call it a benching? Because they take you off the floor and they sit you down and put somebody else in that may do a better job? Yeah, that's the well, definition of one. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at the <laughs> the personnel that they ended the game with, if you're Russell Westbrook being the highest paid player for the Lakers, you're you're being benched, Key. You know, that's See, not because when I look at benched, he ain't getting back on the floor. He done. That's benching to me. He's playing in the second unit from now on, in other words. Yeah, that's benching to me. You don't get your you don't get your start and spot back. See, I, I look at so you're telling me so down the stretch of a game. You're in the last minute or so of a game, and it's a tight game, uh-huh. and you don't have the player who's making the most money on the team, on the floor. That's a pretty – Michael Jordan was always on the he, bench but, in those but, moments, but, right? But, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty bold but, statement. But but just because he – I'm just trying to understand it. No, I hear just, you. Just – jeez. Just because he makes the most money doesn't make him the best defender in that moment. I, I understand, Keith, but you – you got, you got rid of Kyle Kuzma. You got rid of KCP. You got rid of Montrez Harrell. You couldn't pay Alex Caruso. Like, you gave up a lot yeah. to get him. His Put ass better way. be on the floor down Put the stretch. This way. One thing Vogel's not doing is Joe judging himself. He's, try, he's trying to be about it, not talk about yeah. what a job he's doing. Bench Westbrook. At least yank him out of the game. A Hall of Famer on if we could actually be watching the last game of the GOAT. That's next, Keyshawn J. Willemax on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business, and bot? Wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. 
It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Keyshawn, j will and max hey key you know this guy Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Brooks joins us now. D. Brooks. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good morning. What's up, Bo? What's going on, 19? Man, How you doing, uh, sir? Getting ready to enjoy these playoffs. That's about all. <laughs> Among other things. Yes, sir. That would be that would be correct. I do not golf. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, there's a trust me, man. I, I I could do enough golf for the both of us if I could. Derek, there's a and as a, as a defender, you must salivating if you saw it, a couple key pieces off the Bucks offensive line. Right, they were banged up, and and at least one of them, Tristan Worse, may not be there um, because of that Eagles game on Wild Card Weekend. How concerned are you about that facing this Rams fearsome front? Uh, Max, uh, very uh, concerned because you saw a different type of team when Tristan wasn't there. Uh, the Eagles started to get pressure and start to get Tom a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. Now, obviously, the the talent, you know, the Bucks being the better team, uh, took the game over and wasn't no concern. But there was a period of time there uh, that you can see a difference when Tristan wasn't in. So, yes, I, I am concerned how much he plays uh, yet to be determined or even if he plays. But uh, without him, this is a very different uh, offense. So maybe they address it with the play calling. Uh, maybe the ball gets out a little quicker. Tom doesn't hold it as much or even run the ball, which I'm a big fan of. And I think they do a really good job of it when they choose to do it. So I wish they would run the football a little bit more too account for the issues up front right now. Look, Bo, we, when we played together, we clearly had one of the best defensive fronts that money could buy. When we had the likes of Simeon Rice in, 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 in Warren Sapp and Booger McFarlane and Spears and Red and all the guys that we had rotating in and out of mm-hmm. the lineup, the Rams got Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. How do you try to negate that pass rush when you know it's coming? Uh, it's two ways, uh, Key, and again, you, you go back to uh, how uh, you guys helped us with, you know, if you run the football, you eat up clock, and, you know, it throws off the timing. So teams now get impatient, you know, when they don't have a lot of possessions, and that was one of the keys where, you know, our offense really helped 
you know, our defense where an offense just couldn't pound against us. And when you get less possessions, you get impatient, you start throwing the football, which to our advantage back then. When you look at it now, the formula is still the same. You make them play physical football, and you put 600 pounds on Aaron Donald every single time when you run and you double-team it. You make Von Miller be disciplined in the running gap, the same thing with Leonard Ford. You make them play physical football at times or get the ball out. Don't give them time to sit there with long five, seven-step drops and give them time to get into their pass rush games where they can't get Tom off of his pocket. Now, the Rams have done a good job the last couple of times. They've played the Bucs. they brought a lot of middle pressure. And Tom had to think through at times where the pressure is coming from because it wasn't necessarily from the front four. It maybe came from a blitzing linebacker or a spine D lineman. They did a good job of keeping, you know, Tom uncomfortable in the middle of the pocket and making him move left or right. And that's when he's not at his best at this age. Hall of Famer Derek Brooks joining us here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. DB, we had Rob Ninkovich on the other day, and he doesn't think that's a given that Brady is going to come back and play for another year. You speaking of his age, how much longer do you think Brady will actually play? Well, J. Will, before I answer your question, man, I'd just like to acknowledge that was a great game the other night when your Duke Blue Devils came down to Tallahassee. Oh, don't and, uh, do that. We was able to... <laughs> DB, I told we Keith, I was like, hey, look, we always lose games in Tallahassee. We can talk off exactly. record about why we do that. It is curious how that works <laughs> exactly. out, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. But uh, to, answer, to answer your question, I think Tom, honestly, is really enjoying football at this point in his career more than he ever has. Mm. And as long as this talent that the nucleus of this talent is able to stay together. I think he continues to take it on a year-by-year basis here with this team, with this group of talent. Now, if this core group of talent, if something happened and they're not here, then I think, you know, you, you look to see the transition happens. But as long as this core, especially with staff and players are here and they're young enough to honestly keep Tom enjoying the game and this O-line protecting him, I think he uh, continues to take this on a year-by-year basis. Mm. Brooks, when you when you look at – you mentioned as long as they're here. Now you got Byron Leftwich, hot commodity, Ty Bowles, hot mm-hmm. commodity again. Most likely one of the two, if not both, will get a head coaching job. Is this the best opportunity this year for Brady and the Bucks to win another Super Bowl? I guess, Key, because it's, it's ever present in front of you. And, you know, unfortunately, we was on the other side of history with that. You know, when we came back in 03, very similar to what this team has done here in 21, you know, we didn't necessarily turn the page as soon as we should. <laughs> By the time we turned the page, man, we were just fighting to get in. And I think if we'd have got in in 03, we could have made some noise. But, this team did a great job of doing that strong with their head coach. Man, from the time they came back this offseason, I've been at some of the practices where you could not even tell this team had just won a Super Bowl, the way that they were being coached. So he did a great job of turning the page and getting them focused on 2021. And, yes, I didn't think they were going to be able to keep this nucleus to come back again for 21. So I'm not going to put it past 
you know, Jason Lighted in the front office, especially when players want to come here and play. So they got a good nucleus now. Chris Godwin, big question mark in terms of what's going to happen with him in terms of getting a, uh, you know, a big long-term deal or coming off an injury. Uh, that's going to be a big concern. But for the most part, you got contributing veterans that want to stay here, and they're giving them hometown, you know, discounts, to be honest with you. That's Derek Brooks, ladies and gentlemen, one of the great players on one of the greatest defenses of all time. Appreciate it, Derek. You got all us right, entirely, boy. Derek. You got us, man. Well done. Hey, well, Max, I, I, I need to ask you a question. What do you think my guy Keith Thurman is going to do? How he's going to look coming back? Keith is uh, Keith has always been a very good fighter. I think he's a half step, maybe a quarter step below Spence and Crawford. But he's only ever won, mm-hmm. lo- only ever lost one fight, and that was a great fight to Manny Pacquiao. That was, you know, and he's always yeah. in great fights, always in great fights. So, well, man, I wish people would give my man a little bit more credit. Yeah. I, I agree with. You. He's a star, <laughs> and also beyond that, Derek, he's a star. He's just got it. People want to see him fight. You know, he's got it. <laughs> well, thank you, bro. I wish we had more time, but I could dive into that boxing. Key will tell you how much a big boxing fan I Listen, am. You got to thank co- you guys for your time. Hey, Derek, we'll do it again. Derek, I do a segment on Max on Boxing called Ballers on Brawlers. You got to come on. I I see it. I it's... go online and watch it, my friend. Brother, brother. <laughs> That's it. Derek Brooks is going to come on the show. Thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. <laughs> I take care. J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune in tomorrow for college basketball action as Jay's Duke Blue Devils host Syracuse. Coverage begins at 1130 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. What is at stake for Tom Brady and the rest of the quarterbacks left in the playoffs? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. The Keyshawn J. Will and Max Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors... You're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Rob Ninkovich on Wednesday's Get Up said that Tom Brady could retire after the season. He said that Wednesday Get Up. So what's at stake for every quarterback on Sunday? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Key, let's start with Tom Brady. Is retirement at stake? No. I don't, I don't think retirement's at stake. Uh, I look at him and say, hey, he's still playing at a high level. I think if they get bounced out of the playoffs so they don't go to the Super Bowl 
or don't win the Super Bowl. Tom Brady wants to play as long as he possibly can play. But if he did decide to retire, eh. You know, I know Rob Ninkovich said that words like content and Brady has so much other things he can be doing with his time, being a parent, being a father, being a husband. I get all that. I just never put the word content and Tom Brady in the same sentence as it relates to football. Like, he is the most competitive dude, one of the most competitive guys I've ever met. And he's not chasing anything other than himself. He yeah. wants to keep winning. He wants to keep playing. I, I, you know, it's funny because the, I, I think of athletes who went out at this level, right? They're totally on top of their game. Sandy Koufax comes to mind. Greatest ever. But he, he, he had arthritis in his left pitching elbow. Like, he, it was, he was going to lose his arm. So he's 30 years old. He walks away. Tom Brady physically looks – I mean, all football players go through stuff, but looks good. And <laughs> he's playing well. Why would he walk away? All right. Joe Burrow. Is anything at stake for Joe Burrow? Key or is it there's nothing at stake? There's, there's really nothing, but there is, Max, because he could be the first – well, no, that's not true because he's not a rookie. Duh. Uh, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing at stake. He's ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, I think it's all gravy for Joe Burrow. I think relatively there's not a lot at stake for him compared to the other quarterbacks. But, Key, I agree with your first impulse there, which is, you know, we think there's nothing at stake. It's not what Joe Burrow thinks. Joe Burrow's trying to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're only just taking the negative outcome and thinking, what would that mean? But what's at stake is the positive outcome, advancing in the playoffs again, at this, getting to the AFC championship game in your second year is huge. But, so what's at stake for him is kind of a greater level of greatness. But can I ask you, don't you think that that mindset is at stake for every quarterback yes. in these divisional yes, rounds that's right why, now? Yes, that's why there's less at stake okay, for Burrow. Okay. Than, right, exactly. Everybody's trying to you know, Josh, win a quarterback. Yeah, that, relatively. Yeah, right, right. Jo- but, but there's some extra for him to do it ahead of schedule. Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, what's at stake? Will they – is it just like get past KC? Is that the main thing? They have well, to do the, the, what's at stake is what was at stake for the Indianapolis Colts every single year that they played the New England Patriots mm-hmm. when they had Peyton Manning. They could not beat New England to save their life. New England was in the middle of the road. This could happen to Buffalo. New England could be in the uh, – uh, Kansas City could be in the middle of the road with the stop sign, turn back around, or better yet – Turn your ass back around. You are no longer allowed to compete in this conference. That that could be the case. Rising up to the Pants challenge of, of our rivals. rivals. That's right. That's what it feels yes. like. It feels like the Bills are coming on like Clubber Lang right this, now, this Jay. This is simple. This is simple, man. Yes, it, that is like correct. You have, you have the master, then you have the pupil. And yes. it, this is the little brother having an opportunity to say, I have grown stronger wow. and I am your father. Is that <laughs> That's what, right. Is that what Duke did with North Carolina? No, never mind. When we last oh, met, we I was but the student. Now dominant. I am the master. Okay. Jay, Key, Stafford, yes. and McVay. Is there, it's just like everything's at stake for these two? Man, everything underneath <laughs> the sun, <laughs> under a rock, you find it. Mm-hmm. If they don't, and I'll say it again, if they don't go to the Super Bowl, it's a complete failure. Mm. A complete failure. I don't want to hear anything about they won a playoff game or two if they don't go to the Super Bowl because the guy in Detroit, he went to the Super Bowl. They didn't go get Von Miller and Jalen Ramsey and, 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 and Matthew Stafford and, and uh, Sony Michelle and all these players that they put together, OBJ. They're all in. Chips is in the middle to go home early. They didn't do that. For certain, for certain teams, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, the Rams, that is the expectation. 
Super Bowl or bust. And I'm cool with it. Yeah. That's why I'm here. That's why our team is assembled and we're healthy. That should be the expectation. Yeah, I'll tell you what. These guys, the poker player who has his chips in the middle of the table, all of them, has the most at stake. That is the Rams situation. Aaron Rodgers, what's at stake? Him staying at Green Bay? Key? I think his reputation is at stake more than anything. Uh, If he goes and he does the deal, we like, okay, man, dude, do whatever you want to do. If he doesn't do the deal, people are going to take – he's going to take a hit on his reputation. Yep. Keep another way another way of saying reputation, legacy. Legacy opportunity for him, right? Competing with Brett Favre in Green Bay. Now he would have if he wins MVP, second MVP, second Super Bowl. Like that just puts him in a different would be category. His fourth, fourth MVP. And, fourth and, MVP. And, fourth and, in a row. Fourth MVP. Yeah. yeah sorry. And Max, second in a row. He, yeah. He's that dude already, right? Yeah. Cuz when you when you the dude, you the dude. I, you yeah. know, we all been in the dude's shoes. Mm-hmm. But if he goes and he wins the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. He that damn dude, period. You can't say a blankety-blank thing to me. Rabel and Tannehill, I think what's at stake, guys, is it like at some point if they can't advance past the their first playoff game with the season they had for number one seed, you got to look to upgrade quarterback. Key, no, let, is that what's at stake? Let me key? take this one, Key. Yeah. What's at stake is Ryan Tannehill calling into this show if they get a win and saying, see, I told you, Key and Max, you yeah. guys have been hating on us all year yeah. long. Yeah, We're key. not yeah, that key. good of a team. You know, hey, I'll tell you, it's just the Titans. We're not that good. They can't do it without Derrick Henry. Well, look, we've answered the bell every think, time. Hey? And if that's the case, then you'll tweet at him from your account, Jay, and tell him he sucks, he should retire. <laughs> what? Jimmy G, guys. Jimmy from G. your account, though. <laughs> Will a team look at him as a guy that can win a Super Bowl if he loses? Is that what's at stake? Like, they, they just forget this guy can't win a Super Bowl. No, no, Jimmy G, what's at stake for Jimmy G is having an opportunity to prove to the San Francisco 49ers fan base in their brass that he can win a Super Bowl, and he is a starting NFL quarterback at a level beyond what they think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do we really believe – do you really believe that Jimmy G is going to lead this team to but a that, Super Bowl? I think the, what Key is focusing on is right. We're, uh, it's not just about what happens if you lose. It's also what's at stake, what happens if you win. So if he, if he can do it – See, that, that's Jay, the positive side, whether you think he can or not, right? Mm-hmm. I don't understand Finally, why people be laughing when you say Jimmy G's name. Yeah, I agree. Well, 30, I well, guys, we got 30 it. seconds left. We got 30 seconds left. Patrick Mahomes. What's at stake? At stake is he seconds. can win another Super Bowl. That's what's at stake. Yeah, people comparing this guy to Michael Jordan. That's what's at stake. I think it's can he still be in that GOAT conversation eventually yeah. if he wins two Super Bowls? All right, Jordan. All right, Jordan. never mind. You said it already, Jay. What's the future of the two quarterbacks facing off in Green Bay? We just mentioned them, Rodgers and Jimmy G. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. 
Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.